360 degrees. Hop high, 360 degrees. Hop high, 306, 306, 360 degrees. Hop high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome again to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. That's right. Once again, we take time to reflect, make plans, and move forward. 30 days of 2021 have passed. That was pretty fast, actually. And it's good to get time to think about where we are at, how we got here, and what we are doing moving forward. On tonight's show, we'll hear from three graduate apprentices about what's going on, how things happen in our life, and some plans for making change in 2021. Also, we'll get an update from Jahan Hakim of Yemeni Alliance Committee on some of the first moves of the Biden-Harris administration. And she'll give us information on a live screening of the documentary film Hunger Ward, filmed entirely in Yemen over a two-month period in a Yemeni hospital. And later, we'll hear how a small Oakland restaurant is surviving during this pandemic while places all around are closing up. All that and more tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Freewell and Franklin, coming to you from downtown Antioch, Bay Miwok Territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. Hey, 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 again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. My name is Freewell and Franklin, and I will be your host for the next hour. So here we are already just about to flip the calendar to February 2021, and we are still rolling with this coronavirus, doing our best to stay safe and survive. So let's send some big prayers up to all the ones we lost across this country and around the world and big strength out to all the families who are mourning the loss of their loved ones. Hopefully we can start in a new direction in this country and turn this around and get back on our feet as a nation, as a community. But the pandemic sweeping the nation and the world isn't the only problem we as a nation are dealing with. We also have the ongoing political, racial, and social dilemmas to work through. Well, to help us navigate our way through this, I am excited to welcome back to the airwaves graduate apprentice Sharon Peterson, who shares her thoughts on our current situation and offers some wisdom and steps to move our nation forward in a progressive direction. Check it out. I'm Sharon Peterson, proud apprentice from Group 43, Drylongso Rising. Drylongso is an old African-American term, which means 
ordinary people, Drylongsa, rising. In the past two elections, despite voter suppression, gerrymandering, and other miscellaneous mischief, including seditious attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, the ordinary people did rise, and the party of he who deserves no name did lose the White House, plus both houses of Congress, narrowly. Somehow, the country is still here. There's a cute internet meme. It's a cartoon with a caption, finally, I get the Sleepy Joe meaning. We elect Biden, we get some sleep. And yes, we are all flipping exhausted. And far too many of us are in deeper pain. We must all take some time to breathe for a chance to take a refreshing nap. Ah, sweet dreams. up and at them. Back to work. But first, let's take a bit of inspiration from Amanda Gorman, the first youth poet laureate of the nation, from her inaugural poem, The Hill We Climb. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. And the norms and notions of what just is isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished. What we've just heard may sound overly optimistic. Indeed, it may be. Frankly, I don't know. But to do the tremendous amount of work that lies ahead, we need our waking dreams. We need inspiration to reach heights above our own heads. The harsh truth is, we just came this close to losing all shreds of any democracy that exists in this country. We learned that way too many of our so-called checks and balances are nothing more than rules of etiquette. We're not out of the woods even now. There's still lots of room for some wannabe dictator to attempt a new coup, and that new creature will most likely be far more competent than the creature who just departed. We need radical change. Radical as in strengthening and reshaping the roots of our system. If we are ever to make lasting progress and build a better world, our democracy must evolve, and democracy cannot evolve on its own. Here are some of the necessary changes and some groups who are working to make them happen. For links, check out kpfaapprentice.org starting about an hour after the show. So, let's abolish the Electoral College, or at least take away its power. Check out the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. If enough states pledge all of their electoral votes to the winner of the popular vote in each of those states, the Electoral College basically goes away without going through a lengthy constitutional amendment process. For more info, visit nationalpopularvote.com. Let's loosen the grip of big money on our politics. 
Right now, the will of the people goes largely ignored in favor of big donors and lobbyists, uh, who are often one of the say. Represent Us works to fight corruption, both legal and illegal, and remove the overpowering influence of big money over our elected officials. Let's strengthen the Voting Rights Act. The act was gutted by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2013. There is now no formula for the DOJ to determine which states should be required to seek DOJ approval before making any changes to their voting procedures or practices. President Biden has called upon Congress to act. We need to urge our congressional representatives to take action to strengthen the Voting Rights Act before congressional districts are redrawn this year. Contact info for the House and Senate will be posted to kpfaapprentice.org. Let's end gerrymandering. Redistricting must be nonpartisan. Fairvote.org campaigns for fair redistricting. Rank choice voting. Ballots that rank first, second, and third choices for you to vote your conscience and expand choices for all voters. This is fairvote.org's specialty. Most of us have our favorite causes and issues. But, once again, if we fail to shore up what democracy we already have and build upon it, our chances for success are slim to none. Now, to spur us on, some more words from Amanda Gorman. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org. I am Free Will and Franklin, and you just heard First Voice graduate Sharon Peterson. Sharon graduated a couple years ago and has recently returned to produce for Full Circle. And we are glad you are back, Sharon. It's good to hear from you again, and we look forward to more coming up. So, Sharon has told us what we can do to move into a better future. But what about our choices we have made in our past? Where could we have turned and taken a different course? And where might we be now instead of where we are? These are things many of us may often think about as we reflect on the choices we have made throughout our life. Well, up next, our own Miss M shares one reflection on her past and what might have happened. Back in the day, when I expressed my admiration for and desired to emulate the activists I saw fighting for civil rights, the attorneys for whom my gal pal were working suggested that it might be more productive to put efforts and energy into working in the system, as a city council person, for example. For some reason, I didn't see it. Why? I don't know. Was it basically my blue-collar background? My grandfather was a factory worker. My grandmother worked as a hotel maid and later did day work when my grandpa was laid off and left without a pension. 
because the auto company he worked for went into bankruptcy. But my mother went from working as a seamstress in a cab factory to an administrator for the state of Michigan. Was it the villain songs? Was I just a rebel? Or was it that I felt such simpatico with the rebels I saw on the screen? Brando, Dean, Monty Cliff. Thoughts of Greenwich Village and hippies enchanted me. I did go down the white-collar route, but when I was laid off from my administrative position at a financial planning company in San Francisco, instead of flying to New York to do research for a legal firm, I chose to join a tenants' rights collective. I helped get out the vote. I held up placards at city council meetings. I picketed, I leafleted, I organized. But in looking back, maybe those guys were right. So I doffed my hat to Modell Sharik, Florence McDonald, Barbara Lee, Shirley Chisholm. Those women have been game changers. And today, I think that people, especially women, don't have to do either or. All right, everyone, you are listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and online worldwide all the time at kpfa.org. Thank you, Miss M. And to tell you the truth, I'm glad you went to that Tenants' Rights Collective because somehow you ended up here at KPFA and you've been an important figure in my life. So thanks for being here, Miss M. I'm glad you did it and I appreciate it. So moving on, we are now about 10 days into the Biden-Harris administration. Executive orders are flying out the window left and right, climate change, pipelines, nuclear agreements. Like all politicians, candidate Biden and Harris made a lot of promises out on the campaign trail. But what is President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris actually doing? And how will we hold them accountable? Well, up next, we check in with Chahan Hakim of the Yemeni Alliance Committee and get the latest on the promises this new administration made to Muslim Americans and the Yemeni people. All right, now turning our attention back to Yemen again, we want to bring back one of our go-to people for news and information on what's happening in Yemen, and that is Jehan Hakim of Yemeni Alliance Committee. Welcome back to Full Circle, Jehan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So as many of our listeners may know, Yemen has been devastated by this aerial um, bombardment campaign and port blockade for the past uh, six years or so. This is led by Saudi Arabia and the UAE, but has been supported in large part by the United States, the UK, along with a, a coalition of other nations. This devastation has the ominous title of the worst humanitarian crisis on the planet. And the worst thing is, it is a man-made disaster, which wouldn't be possible without direct aid from the United States. Um, now, after the inauguration of the Biden-Harris administration, it looks like the brakes may be put on the flow of weapons and logistical support to Saudi Arabia and the UAE. Jehan Hakim, again, thanks for joining us on Full Circle tonight. First, can you just remind our listeners 
of the quote unquote support the United States has been providing, whether that be weapons and bombs or logistical support since the beginning of this attack back in 2015. And then tell us what's been the result on the ground from this so-called support. Sure. So in March 26th um, and 2015, under the Obama-Biden administration, uh, almost six years ago, uh, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates began launching airstrikes on Yemen. Um, and before then, it was a civil war uh, and has, has not been a civil war since then. Uh, and the United States has supplied the coalition with arms. So bombs that kill Yemenis are made in the USA from companies such as Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, and Boeing. Uh, in addition to arms and artillery, the U.S. trains Saudi forces. The U.S. also maintains, repairs, and upgrades the coalition's vehicles and aircrafts. So we do the repairs whenever the Warplanes uh, need assistance. We also provide intelligence support and targeting assistance. All the the back end stuff, all that is 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 equipped by the U.S. Uh, and and other Western powers such as the U.K., Spain, and France. We are the largest arms exporter in the world, and and Saudi Arabia and the UAE are both the largest arms uh, consumer. So we are directly active in in this war and have been and what it's looked like when it comes to impact you know like you said the blockade has been imposed by the saudi-led coalition in 2015 as well and in a country that relies um you know to for imported items such as food water and medicine up to 80 80 to 90 percent of its population the blockade has restricted the flow of all of these things it has starved, uh, effectively starved Yemenis. The airstrikes have killed over 100,000 Yemenis. Two-thirds of civilian deaths are due to airstrikes. And when we hear airstrikes, we want to make sure that it's clear to us that these airstrikes are led by Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates and equipped by us the U.S. So we are actively fueling the world's worst humanitarian crisis in Yemen, bombing and starving. When it comes to the starvation situation, that has to be the, the silent killer because uh, over 90,000 children have starved to death. And this is not due to a catastrophe or a drought or food shortages. This is due directly to the blockade that has, you know, restricted uh, necessary food uh, and medicine to save lives. It's 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 choked the lifeline of Yemen. And and Jahan, let's repeat that number. How many children have starved to death? Over 90,000 Yemeni children have starved to death. And this is an underestimation because it's it's very hard to get a, a clear number with respect to the impact. Yes, uh, information on Yemen is, is hard to come by. Well, in the past, there was some movement under the Trump administration. There was bipartisan effort to stop this flow of weapons, the War Powers Act or resolution. Um, tell us briefly about that and what happened to that. Yeah, you know, since since the intervention began, progressive representatives such as Ro Khanna, Bernie Sanders, Chris Murphy, and others have tried to introduce war powers resolutions. And in the past, they've been 
deprivileged or kicked out of the floor. But in 2019, we were successful in passing a bipartisan war powers resolution that passed through both chambers. And it hasn't happened since 1973, since the war powers resolution was enacted um, during the Vietnam War in order to check the executive branch in order to limit or, or reduce the overreach. But unfortunately, as Trump promised, he vetoed it. So it, it was not able to uh, be implemented. And that is such a shame. And to me, when I think about that, it goes back to the the moment that Trump was sitting at in front of the cameras with the so-called crown prince there holding up his little display of the weapons that he was selling them, his cardboard cutouts. And the prince and his man behind him were just sort of giggling and laughing and it's such a shame that that effort went through and President Trump decided to veto that. Real quick, let me remind people who were listening to, that's the voice of my special guest tonight, um, friend to the show Full Circle, Jehan Hakim of the Yemeni Alliance Committee. So again, fast forward, we are now in the post-inauguration period of Biden-Harris. What are you seeing about the flow of weapons from uh, Biden-Harris and how are you feeling about what it is that you see? Well, you know, the um, Biden administration promised Yemeni Americans two things and that he or they would rescind the Muslim ban, which had separated families for almost four years and to stop uh, U.S. support to the war on Yemen. And fortunately enough, on his first day, the Biden administration did rescind the ban. And that is showing us that there is some kind of positive movement. Now we are waiting for uh, the Biden-Harris administration to really fulfill their promise of ending support to the coalition. So we we do see a a little bit of progress. The recent arms contract that was uh, signed right before Trump left office, it has been put on pause by the Biden administration. It is under review. So this is a standard procedure for any new administration to do, but we're hopeful, but we're also really critical because when we hear about support, we want to make clear that all the things that I mentioned, which are arms sales to the coalition, military support, targeting assistance, logistical support, intelligence support. So uh, we want the Biden and Harris administration to be clear when they say they want to end U.S. support to the coalition, that they're going to end all of these mechanisms. And... I would have to say that none of this would have been happening or possible without the um, the hard work that your organization, Yemeni Alliance Committee and other groups have been putting in. What are you doing now to make sure that Biden and Harris are hearing you and what can our listeners do to support you? Sure. Yeah, we've been lobbying, protesting, urging our membership and the greater public to call on their lawmakers uh, in order to put pressure on uh, previous administrations and this current administration. We recently held a global day of action on Monday, January 25th, and it was deliberately five days after the Biden administration took office in order to Uh, hold his feet to the fire that you said this administration is going to be ending support to the coalition. We held protests all around the world. There are over 30 protests worldwide outside of the states and over 20 protests inside of the U.S. We also held a large online rally with Dr. Cornell West, uh, Representative Ro Khanna, activists and humanitarians from across the the world. Uh, Folks can find it on our Facebook page. 
and we are just currently just trying to push, I mean, continue to push. And what folks can do is call 1-833-STOP-WAR, 1-833-STOP-WAR. It's a number that we set up uh, where you call in, you put in your zip code, and then there will there'll be a prompt there, and you just read the script, and you'll easily be redirected to your lawmaker and you leave a message for them. And as many people call and pressure their lawmakers, um, I think the more our representatives will hear about this. And then, of course, when they're uh, meeting with the administration, Yemen will be on the table. I mean, we want to make ending U.S. support to the Saudi-led coalition a, a foreign policy priority. We need to once and for all end our complicity in these war crimes. Agreed. Agreed right here. Well, let's move on a little bit. Thank you, Jahan. And we'll post that number on our website after the show, kpfaapprentice.org. And Jahan, one of the things about war and conflict the United States wages around the world is that it's mostly invisible to Americans. You could probably ask any random person on the street about what's happening in Yemen and what role the United States plays. And most, I would imagine, have no idea to the extent um, that uh, the role that we play and the human cost that is being paid for that. So to do that, to bring some awareness to the human toll of this bombardment, the FCNL is co-hosting alongside Spin Films, the documentary film Hunger Ward, which takes a personal look at the devastation and the the children especially, and the mass starvation and malnutrition that is happening in Yemen. Jahan, can you tell us a little bit about the film Hunger Ward and the stories it tells? Sure, you're exactly right. Even lawmakers don't know where Yemen is, but they do sign on bills that support its bombing, uh, aerial bombing campaign. You know, Hunger Ward, I watched it myself about uh, a month or so ago. And uh, I can tell you that as a mother myself, watching your child die and you have no way to prevent it or, or, or stop it is, uh, has to be the most heartbreaking experience. So Hunger Ward uh, was filmed entirely in Yemen last year, last January and February, it documents two female healthcare workers fighting to thwart the spread of starvation within a population facing, as we've said before, the world's worst humanitarian crisis, but it, it's also uh, facing the world's worst hunger crisis on the planet due to, due to the blockade. And it, it gives us a window into uh, what the families of Yemen and what the children are Yemen, of Yemen uh, are experiencing and what the impact of this war looks like. And it's, it's extremely devastating. You cannot watch it uh, without it moving you to change, to want to do something. So there will be a film screening on February 4th, next Thursday. Folks can go to hungerward, all one word, dot org, hungerward.org to register uh, to watch the film. And then there will be a panel discussion with FCNL. Uh, there are partners, there are policy experts, in addition uh, to the filmmaker and the director, uh, Sky Fitzgerald. Um, and I strongly encourage folks to go and watch it. It's for free. Uh, and then I think people will, will finally get an idea of, of what this looks like and, and to understand that we have a role in this, uh, we have to do something about this. 
Thank you, Jahan Hakim. And I will just say I watched the film the other day, the screening, and I would warn people that it's very graphic, the starvation. And I was talking to Jahan earlier and there's a quote. I can't remember the person right now, but um, the heart can't feel what the eyes can't see. So I advise people to watch this film if they can. It took just a small um, task uh, to register, but it was over in about two or three minutes. And um, it will let you know the role the United States plays and the true devastation that is being born by the uh, the people of Yemen. And it just made me want to work harder to support folks like you, Jahan, the Yemeni Alliance Committee, and uh, people putting up the fight to end this. And I appreciate all the work that you've done. And I want to give you a congratulations on what looks like some, some momentum might be shifting our way um, thanks to this hard work that you and people like yourself are doing. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you and the team. Thank you. And again, that's the voice of Jehan Hakim of the Yemeni Alliance Committee. I'll post all the links to register to the film for the film Hunger Ward and to follow um, Yemeni Alliance Committee on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search out Yemeni Alliance Committee and you can keep up with Jahan and her team and what they're doing. Again, Jahan, thanks for joining us tonight on Full Circle. I really appreciate you keeping us updated and I look forward to... Um, what may be happening in our near future. And I appreciate your work again. Thanks again. You take care. Thank you. I keep seeing us everywhere As far as the eye can see It's like this river overflowing we got Muslims, we got Christians, we got pagans, we got Jews, we got atheists, anarchists, socialists, we even got a liberal or two on the day. We all said stop the war on the day. We all said stop the war. We got t-shirts, we got kefirs Hijabs and rainbow scarves We got placards that say we're angry We got placards that make you laugh We got whistles, badges, banners Ten thousand djembes and a salsa band We got pensioners, we got pushchairs arm in arm Hand in hand On the day We all said Stop the war On the day We all said Stop the war We got the actress And the bishop We got tankies We got trucks And some got Extra sandwiches in case their mates were gone. We got respectable housewives from suburbia who've never done this sort of thing before. With the international sex workers of the world united on the girl and the boy next 
day We all said stop the war On the day We all said stop the war We got that what's her name from off of the telly We got that bloke I met called Steve But we are more than just two million We are Ramallah and Tel Aviv We are New York, Paris, Berlin, Moscow Cape Town, Cairo, Bangkok to Glasgow We are this river overflowing On the day we all said stop the war Welcome back. You are listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and KPFA.org. That song you just heard was The Day We All Said Stop the War by Rob Johnson. And before the music break, you heard my interview with Jahan Hakim of the Yemeni Alliance Committee. And just a reminder to all you that you can find the link to register for the online screening of Hunger Ward the documentary film that takes a personal look at the cost of war on the Yemeni people and the most innocent, the Yemeni children, and really the cost of an aerial bombing campaign and the withholding of food, water, and medicine through a port blockade. And let us not forget, the United States' support for this bombing started during the Obama-Biden presidency. So we'll have to see what uh, Biden and Harris are going to be up to. And again, like I said, during the interview, I watched a screening the other day of Hunger Ward, and it has moved me to continue to bring awareness to this humanitarian crisis in Yemen. And I also took the time to look up that quote I mentioned earlier that I couldn't remember. Well, it goes really what the eye doesn't see, the heart doesn't grieve over. And it's actually from the book Bleeding Violet by author Dia Reeves. And she reminds us that remaining ignorant or uninformed about something means it will not upset, worry, or anger us. So again, take a moment after the show to go register to see the film Hunger Ward. Let your eyes see what is happening, and I guarantee that your heart will certainly feel for the children of Yemen. Again, you can register for the February 4th screening online at Hunger Ward, all one word, hungerward.org. And of course, we will have a link on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. And I'll also post a link to the trailer there. 
Now we are returning back to the Bay Area and bringing you a conversation between apprentice Natalie Kilmer and her friend and restaurant owner, Hiroyuki Adachi. Restaurants around the country have been struggling to survive in these times of COVID-19 restrictions. Here, Haruyuki talks about how his restaurant is surviving while others around him are closing their doors for good. Uh, my name is Hiroyuki Adachi, and I started Aburaya, the Japanese fried chicken joint in downtown Oakland. I started the business as a pop-up just by subletting the restaurant space from my friends six years ago, I think, 2014. And yeah, here we are still. After six years, I have, I got kind of two restaurants. But yeah, one, we had to shut it down because of the COVID. It's just because they are so close to each other and doing the exactly same menu doesn't make, didn't make any sense to me. So I shut one. But the one on, in downtown Oakland, 17th Street, uh, we are doing pretty good for what it is. Yeah, we are still drinking beer and frying chicken. <laughs> so <laughs> how, how's that working? Because um, you, you can't have anybody inside, right? Except for, for pickup or? Yeah. So, yeah, it's only for takeout and for pickup and delivery. And... Yeah, all of the seating area now is like a beer shelf and souvenir shop kind of things. For folks to buy stuff while they're waiting for their takeout, basically? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you had to close one location since the pandemic started. Correct. Okay. Have you guys been able to get any of the funding from the government? We got PPP from the bank. And that process being kind of slow, so. So you got some of the PP. Is it called PPE? PPP. But you guys are doing okay. Like, have you had to let any staff go? Well, I mean, some of the staff voluntarily left. Like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. Or, you know, I have asthma, so I cannot be here. Okay. So yeah. So we had to let some people go because of that. But yeah, some some stuff stayed with me. Yeah, until now. And then slowly we you know, we we been able to hiring back the stuff. So which is great. That's awesome. Cuz some folks might not know about your restaurant. You want to tell them where it is and what you guys specialize in? Oh, yeah. So we are located on 17th and Webster. The address is 362 17th Street, Oakland. And we just do Japanese style fried chicken. Nice. And it's really tasty. I've had it. I get some <laughs> from my dad every week and he only wants that, basically. Awesome. I can, I can drop it off to your father. <laughs> I'm sure he, well, he won't be able to see you, but um, that, he would love it. Yeah, we've been using, I think, DoorDash or something. Right. But we ordered on your website, I think. Right. Yeah, we yeah. we have like DoorDash, Caviar, Uber Eats, Postmates, GrubHub kind of thing. So I, when I'm using those, because I never really used them before the pandemic, you know, they, they we tip them. But then do you guys get any of that tip or how does that work? I don't think so. 
Yeah. And I think only Grubhub has some sort of tip into the stuff, like restaurant stuff function. But I don't see that is coming. I don't know. Oh, even from Grubhub, you don't get the tips? I don't. I don't. I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know about how it actually works. Interesting. Do a lot of people come in for takeout? Like they pick it up themselves, or is it mostly all delivery? No, amazingly, lots of people come in still. Oh, okay. Like we have probably average like 50 to 80. If it's busy, like over 100 people comes in. Wow. And then how do they just kind of wait outside until there's enough room to come inside? Right. Wow. And how are the other restaurants doing? Because I know there's some more really close to you there. My neighbors? Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're, they've been trying to survive, but the one, the restaurant, a couple doors down, shut it down for good in the early stage of this COVID happened and they gave up and yeah, just sold the restaurant to other pop-up. So they are doing, it seems like they are doing okay. And other restaurant bar across the street from us, then just shut it down. They had the issue with the landlord, the bar restaurant cannot open or like doesn't make it not much business. Then ask the landlord, hey, lower the rent. And then they started fighting over it. And then the owner is like, you know, forget it. Wow. Well, you've always been one of the most resilient people that I've known since I met you like almost 20 years ago now. I know, Um, long time. (laughs) Yeah. But what are you doing differently than other folks? I mean, I know you have a small restaurant. Probably the business model itself was right on this kind of pandemic. Because we didn't have seating that many seating area, and then mainly like takeout most of the time. Well, they couldn't even sit because we only had few tables all the time. Okay, so that's yeah. just keeping the overhead low, basically. Right. So you know, people comes into the counter and then order food, and the food is ready, call their names, and they come pick it up. So it's not like a full-service restaurant to start with. Can you share your website so that folks, if they want to order some fried chicken, some delicious Japanese fried chicken, they know where to find you? Sure. So that's www.aburayaoakland.com. A-B-U-R-A-Y-A Oakland.com. Also, we are available for Caviar, DoorDash, Grubhub, Postmate, Uber Eats. Yeah, lots of stuff. Just call in 510-502-7743. Okay. And uh, that's only if people want to pick it up, right? Yeah. But it's cheapest. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Service fees and stuff. But, I mean, you know, if you want to get the delivery, use Grubhub kind of thing. And then you've got all kinds of gifts in there if anybody needs any gifts, right? Oh, yes. We have sake, beer, t-shirts, beer koozies, soap. What else do we have? Dog treat, wine, 
And a lot of that stuff is local, right? Yep, most mostly local. That's awesome. Except Japanese beers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I love you so much, Adachi, and thanks for being such a wonderful friend. I know. I love you too. And good luck with your restaurant. I'm just great news to hear that you're doing well. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. This is Full Circle on KPFA Radio 94.1 FM and online all the time at kpfa.org. Thank you, Natalie Kilmer. To learn more about Abu Raya and Chef Haroyuki Adachi, check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show. And let's also do our best to support these small businesses when we are able All right, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with more Full Circle on KPFA. Keep it locked right here. Sexy when it's on the kitchen stove, but red beans and rice, red beans and rice, red beans and rice. I could eat a plate twice. Red beans and rice, red beans and rice, red beans and rice. I don't know which fork is for me or for salad. I haven't got a clue when they say, wet your palate. Eat a lot of clothes, it'll keep you loose. Your skin will turn orange if you drink carrot juice. I think beef jerky tastes just like a boot. But when I'm on the street, I chew a liquid shoot. And if I have a sore throat, then I eat ginger. And I will break bread with those who are strangers. So come into my cave, tonight I will show you. The food is for life, and life I will show you. Yeah. 
different stomach when it's feeling kind of busy. But some like it white, but I like it brown. I like spicy chicken, and I can throw it down. With chilies from red, and chilies from green. And when it's on the table, I will lick my plate clean. But then I drink a toast to the host and hostess. But first we give thanks to God the mostest. Cause if I am a guest, I always wash my plate. I sip, I sip a soda while I sing Amazing Grace. Rings on my fingers, left round the tongue. The face full of bubbles, bumping like a wash tub. Think about my troubles, going down the drain. Drying up the puddles in the back of my brain. But red beans and rice, red beans and rice, red beans and rice. I could eat a plate twice. Red beans and rice, red beans and rice. Yeah, Red Beans and Rice by Michael Fronty and Spearhead. And I just wanted to throw that one out for the food value. Yeah, we all need some healthy food to keep us going. Again, another shout out to Natalie Kilmer for introducing us to Abu Raya and Chef Hiroyuki Adachi. Okay, we are nearing the end of our show tonight. Thanks for spending some of your time with us tonight. We are the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, and we teach broadcasting skills to the community. At the same time, we build our community. And we have one of our true leaders of the program to close us out tonight. You all know her and love her, graduate apprentice and our production consultant, Joy Moore. Here she shares her thoughts on what's going on and how are we going to communicate to come together in this time. I believe in order to make positive, lasting social progress, we need to develop and use honest, peaceful language. It seems right now everything's a war, a battle, a fight to the finish or to the death. It seems more and more we use words like struggle, challenge, defeat, hostility, combat, strife, confrontation, antagonism. Our media and entertainment is filled with guns, and so-called police with the power to end the life of any citizen, usually with impunity. Killing so-called criminals oppressed by a capitalistic exploitive system that ensures suffering and desperation. Then the DAs and courts step in and put people in prisons. This is our nightly entertainment. Our government funds the Defense Department on average of $2,135 for every man, woman, and child in this country every year. Yet we can't get a $2,000 coronavirus stimulus package out to folks in desperate need. We provide armament and fund wars all over the world. Our government denies entry and declares war on people desperate to immigrate to this country. We are all suffering in a system of unequal distribution of power and resource. A system of some who have too much and too many who don't have enough, which in and of itself sets up an adversarial climate and a combative nation. The social strife we now face is a direct result of the oppressive, exploitive, extractive, capitalistic system that uses this warlike language. This system was created out of savagery, theft, and war. It perpetuates division and competition, which leads me to ask, how much is enough, Bezo, Zuckerberg, Gates, Cook? If nothing else, these trillionaires should be made to pay a straight 10% of their income into the U.S. Treasury. The U.S. would experience a Treasury surplus probably for the first time in modern history. Simple. 
we all put 10% of our income for the common good and function of our government. If your income is subsidized by the government, then you pay no federal tax. We the people are the government. What we want goes. If our so-called government representatives don't agree and legislate our desires, we vote or recall or impeach them out. Remember that our Constitution says government of, by, and for the people. We all need to act like it. Insist on it. How do we make this happen? I've said this before. We have to be the change we want to see. Converse. Petition. Stay woke. Be involved. Voice our desires, needs, concerns, often, loudly. Run for office. Organize. Vote. Have the new administration speak kept to their stated goals. Use our words to communicate honestly. Now, to that end, you may ask, how might we collectively even begin to address injustice, inequality, continued oppression of the majority of us? Well, I, along with many, many others, propose a national truth, reconciliation, justice, and reparations legislative body created by communities across the country but that's a subject for the next commentary. Stay tuned. Power to the people. Peace out. This has been Joy Moore for Full Circle. Some understand 
that brings us to the end of tonight's show remember check out our website kpfaapprentice.org just after the show for pictures archive shows and important links and information related to tonight's show shout out to our special guest tonight Jahan Hakim of the Yemeni Alliance Committee and Haruyuki Adachi of Abu Raya and, of course, a special shout-out to all our producers tonight, Miss M, Joy Moore, Natalie Kilmer, and a big welcome back to Sharon Peterson. And one final shout-out to the Full Circle crew, executive producer, Miss M, Joy Moore is our production consultant, and myself, Duwon Franklin. I am the technical director for this show, Full Circle, and I have also been your host tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. And please remember, protect your health and your humanity. And stay tuned because up next on KPFA is La Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone.